0: Hey there and welcome to the Just Keep Blogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. I'm super excited because I got the opportunity to interview the Kate Doster of katedoster.com, and if you don't know Kate, uh, I didn't either. <laughs> so I did a lot of research on Kate. Started listening to Kate, bought some of Kate's stuff to figure out like who is this person, what is she about, because her name kept coming up uh, with the people in my community. And like I said, I'm very, uh, I would say I'm fiercely uh, protective, often of my community of people, because I know there's a million voices out there, I want to make sure that the voices that you hear and that you listen to like I can talk about this all the time on the podcast, that they're voices that are worth listening to, and they're people who are going to push you in the right direction. So Kate is the real deal. And I'm going to talk to her today. You'll get some of her background today, which is really fascinating, to be honest with you. And her jam is copywriting with a W. So being able to write good sales copy, which I think is something that's very intimidating. And I also think it's not taught well in blogging across the board. And so she is just a breath of fresh air she teaches ethical entrepreneurs how to sell. And that is what we are all about here in the Just Keep Blogging community. And it makes you be able to think about selling to your audience. And and a lot of that copywriting is about just clear communication and understanding how to take advantage of those moments that you have with your customer's eyes to compel them to take an action, whatever it is. Um, And I just love her I love that she is 100% her she is unapologetically her if you don't like her you can leave her so she is amazing and I can't wait for you to meet her today if you haven't met her before and if you are also a fan of Kate Doster I hope that you'll enjoy this episode just sitting back relaxing and listening Uh, but today we're going to talk about some of the big mistakes that people make in email marketing so I hope you enjoy this episode and let's get started. Hello, hello. I'm really, really excited today to have the Kate Doster uh, here today to talk to us about all things email marketing. Well, not all things because we'll only have a short amount of time, but <laughs> um, I have a quick introductory question to ask you before we get started. Right ahead. I was sitting down at my computer yesterday and I was... Watching one of your trainings in your course, uh, love your list, and I heard you say something about ukulele, and I've I've never made the connection. Are you playing all of your own music? <laughs> No,
1: everybody asked that. I did sit down and learn how to play it because again, I think that I'm all about making learning fun. And so for most of the lessons, I do have like this underlying
0: music okay. track
1: that kind of plays mm. underneath it. But no, after I found that it was from somebody else, after I found that, I'm like, I bet you I could play this.
0: I was like, she is jamming on that ukulele. Wow. Yeah. I bought a mandolin a long time ago. I was like, I am going to be such a bluegrass girl. And I did not. Too much with it
1: my next <laughs> instrument so I I have two lilies already um, I want to get the smallest size it's a soprano youth but I also want to get a banjo I feel like that's mm. something fun to play I, I of course I know I'd play guitar and bass guitar and all that sort of stuff but I'm like what new string instrument can I gotcha. I, learn?
0: I think I'm too ADHD to play music is the problem <laughs> oh, wow. like I like the idea <laughs> of playing music but then I get there and I'm like this is a lot of work
1: See, I love that. I'm all about like challenges and being creative and like, oh, can I get my hand to make that stupid E?
0: Um, All of Mm -hmm. that stuff. I love it. Mm I like it. All right. So can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. More about you, Kate Doster.
1: Sure. Hey, everybody. So I'm Kate Doster of katedoster.com. I'm the host of the Inbox Besties podcast. And in a former life, although not so former, I was a copywriter with a W, as I tell everybody, which means I got paid to write buttons on pages that got people to slap buttons. And usually put in their credit card information. Like, let's just be real. So I actually <laughs> had started my online business. I feel like most females, I hate to generalize, but like most females, I was at home. I had gotten pregnant with my first child and got fired from my job. I was in banking. This was in twenty. Uh, it was 2012 is when the sale went down and I hadn't been there for a year. So they said I had no legal protection to a position. They said, you can come in three days after you give birth. But if you can't come back in three days, then you're fired, straight up fired. So I've never had a job since. I don't even call them. They get spelled now. <laughs> like, yeah, I haven't had wow. a job since. Um, but I'm like, I would never go back to this company. But if I did decide to get a job, I would literally have to write, I was terminated. And so there was an issue. I can't go into to too much about it, yeah, but yeah. we were, we were allowed to collect some money because mm-hmm. it was like, I'm like, I'm going to tell everyone that you fire pregnant people mm-hmm. have fun. So we did get it settled, but I was just like, I can never again, never do this. And I had, I feel like I had the entrepreneurial spirit, but it was very much dampened by my parents. Mm. <laughs> like especially my mom, she had a lot of money mindset, scarcity issues. So Mm -hmm. even though she was college educated, she was in the medical field. Um, She does echoes and ultrasounds and all of that. And so we were never poor. We were, I was called the lightfully middle-class, but to her, like there's just never enough money. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because my mom now she's had now in nowadays, she'd be like the average age of a mom. But back in the eighties, she was an older mom having Mm -hmm. me at 33. Right. So like, you know, her parents went through the great depression, like she saw like what it was. And so she just thought that like salespeople and like buying things was like the devil, like the worst things ever. And like, it got to the point where like, I wouldn't even tell my family, my friends, anybody when like we were doing, you know, the wrapping paper charity (laughs) things at school. And like, you know how you can like the different prizes for like selling things. Like I felt like I was stealing from people. Mm. Like I was taking advantage of my family. Like it was just like the worst thing in the world. So that really got squashed. So I met someone who came from a sales background. This was not like, I was from a family of entrepreneurs that was all, all with it. So I had a lot of ironically sales mindset stuff to get over, which Mm -hmm. is now what I teach because it wasn't even that it was like pushy and sleazy and slimy. It was that like, it was wrong or like you were a bad person or like they worked hard for it. So it's like, I always had like, you know, little jobs here and there, but I feel like when I got fired, it was probably the best thing that ever happened because then like, here I was, I was at home. We were just working with my husband. He was in human services, which means not paying well. So it's like, here I am with this newborn at home. I was just not built to be a stay-at-home mom, everybody. I'm sorry, I wasn't. Yeah. And we're like on food stamps, like looking at like government insurance and like the whole nine yards. And I'm just like, no, I got to get myself out of this. I got to get myself out of this. And so I never did any like MLMs, MLMs mm-hmm. or anything like that one. But like, I'd have like a blog, like sort of a hobby blog. You guys know, they kind of go like nowhere. And so I was learning a lot more about, like this was years ago, more about like online business and sales and all this sort of stuff. And that's why I stumbled upon copywriting. Because what not a lot of people realize is that copywriting is really a lot of research based because the best words don't necessarily have to come out of your head. They come out of your client's mouth. So I always been fascinated by people. I'm one of those people who had like a million degrees in everything from like musical theater to finance. That's how I ended up in banking to account. like, I loved everything. I just loved people. I love the way they work, human psychology. If I found out that behavioral like economics was a thing, I would have gone into that. Hands <laughs> down. Me and the free economics guys would have been best friends. fascinating. And I was like, I stumbled upon copywriting with a W. And I was like, this is it. Even though I was never necessarily a strong writer, I loved people. And I loved talking and conversations. I'm like, this I can do. And so it was just
0: just up, <laughs>
1: uphill from there.
0: Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, for me, I kept hearing your name get dropped here or there. Like people would be like, I'm taking Kate Doster's, love your list. And I'm like, okay, because I work with a million, you know, different bloggers, and I'm in a million different communities, and I was just like, I don't know who this person is,
1: and so me being
0: me, who's like uber paranoid about, like, any people who are ripping people off, I'm like, who is this, so I'm trying to, like, dig around, and find out about Kate Doster, like, who is Kate Doster, what does Kate Doster know about copywriting, and I'm, like, reading all this stuff, and then I find your page, where you're talking about how your professional copywriter, I was like, oh, okay, she's cool, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right because I think that there is like let's just be real especially in the blogging about blogging sphere mm-hmm. and I have nothing like no more power to you if that's what you feel called to teach there's a lot of people that take like an Amy Porterfield course or some other type of course and then all of a sudden they're like an email guru Right. Or they have a pin that goes viral. Yes. So they've got this ginormous email list that nobody could replicate those results because, you know, Pinterest gods are Pinterest gods, right? right? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're like an email marketing guru. Well, yeah. like, or a Pinterest if, guru. If, right? Like if you have, <laughs> you know, a quarter of a million people on your email list and you cannot make $10,000 a month, you are a failure. Like law of average number wise, you stink at business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, here I come along with just like my copywriting stuff, because I really do think that there's, I don't want to say a big divide, but there's a difference between um, a blogging mentality versus somebody who say wants to be a coach and sell yeah. digital products. They're two different ones. So like, I kind of straddle that line where like I have my foot in sort of <laughs> both mm-hmm. niches there when it comes to that. And so all my copywriting, it was done for coaches, all of that sort of stuff. Gotcha. Just, like. Who are these people and why are they giving such bad advice <laughs> about how to sell to people? Yes. I'm like, no wonder. I'm like, this is a blind lady and blind. I'm like, no, we need, we need to help. We need to help.
0: Yes. And I'm so thankful that you decided to help because uh, <laughs> like, thank you. I mean, you know, like building a course or teaching somebody something is not easy. Like, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's all consuming for periods of time. Like, you're, you're having to organize thoughts. I mean, especially in something like copywriting, you know, which isn't really like hard, right? Like it's not hard, but to teach it to people and help them be able to like understand it and interpret it and be able to implement it is like a whole other process of just talking about it. But, um, I just wanted you to kind of show your background so people knew where you were coming from. And you guys know me, like I'm very picky about with whom I recommend <laughs> because I've been around blogging. I mean, I've been blogging for seven years. And in that time, I've just, like you were saying, like I've seen people have like a pin go viral and then they make a Pinterest course, you know? And then people are like, why isn't this working? And I'm like, because they had a pin go viral. <laughs> they made a course. <laughs> right? <It's, laughs> uh, <get> so <laughs> there's that. That's fine. But it makes me very paranoid. Anyway, so, yeah. So, I definitely did some background checks on Kay Doster. <laughs> Thank you. My sister is really funny. She's, like, she put something on Facebook the other day. Uh, she was saying, like, basically, like, anytime she's talking about getting on, like, a dating app or something like that, I'm, like, you know I'm going to background check them, right? <laughs> <laughs> I go and look right, people well, up. well,
1: I feel like you have
0: to. Like, you have yeah. to know it's
1: legit. I mean, it is, and I'm sure that you feel very similar. And this is why we mesh so well together. Like it is my life's mission to put money in the hands of good people so they can do good with it, period. Yeah. So whether that is teaching copywriting or email marketing, or I don't know how to play the ukulele and then sell your skills. I do not know. It's whatever my audience needs. Like that is how I'm going to deliver an email marketing for me, because as a copywriter with a W, you can write things like about pages, sales pages, landing pages, all that fun stuff. I loved writing landing pages and emails. It just felt so personal and you could have so much fun with them and you can be so different if you want to, or so similar. I'm just like, this is it. Like, (laughs) this is
0: what I love. Well, and I think like my favorite thing about you in general, like, is when I did start researching you, like I got on your website page and you had your photo of you like jumping in the air and then like all these different things. And I'm like, I love, like, I loved you immediately. Cause I thought to myself, <laughs> she doesn't look like she sat down with a coffee mug and posed herself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause I have one friend who got all these headshots done and I'm like, you don't even drink coffee. Like you're adamant that you don't drink coffee and all your pictures is you with coffee. But I just find that very relatable. And the more that I listened to you and the more that I saw what you were up to, uh, to be honest with you, like, I haven't really said this to anybody before, but even for me personally, like your approach to your online business and your level of confidence and yourself. And your comfort level in that is inspiring because it made me say, there's a side of me that I don't let out often because, you know, in the back of my head, like, it's almost like there's this formula or there's this approach. And I can say that, you know, I think one of the biggest things I've got just absorbed from you between your podcast and everything I've kind of consumed of yours is just this feeling of freedom to be me. In the midst of what I'm doing, and I don't know that we always feel that way.
1: Yeah, do you know? it. So I I wholeheartedly agree, mm-hmm. and that's something that I get from a lot of people as well. And I feel like so honored. I'm like there there is no difference. <laughs> like this is me. I'm not putting on an act. This is how I am. Like, yeah, I couldn't be any other place. And I think that it comes down to again that scarcity mindset, ironically, which is why a lot of people vibe with my email style, because I can tell you all the tips and tricks I can give you the templates, but I can't force you to hit send. Mm -hmm. And so now, like what my goal is now is to just get people to hit send. Like that's that's what I am going for. Like just hit it. And I'm very much of one of those, like everyone's competition lists. Like there are other people that teach email marketing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure both of us could probably sit down and name off 10, 15 people but like there's no one else that's going to teach it like I am. Yeah. And I, because again, when you're so focused on your mission, again, put money in the hands of good people so they can do good with it. I don't care if they learn email for me. I just want them to learn how to do it because right. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. Like I'm not out there like making big grandiose statements or any of that sort of stuff. But like, if you don't like puns and talking about Adult snuggle pills. While you're learning, <laughs> I'm not for you, and that's fine. Go find somebody who is. Just get the skill so that way you can go help people. That's it. Yeah. Yep.
0: I love it. Love it. So anyway, I appreciate that. Yay. That's awesome. It's nice, and it's not like, and I just to be clear, like it's not like I'm not being me, but it's like there are parts of me that I would love to show more and be more comfortable showing because that's kind of like my silly side or my, you know, creative side that comes out, you know, and just laying that kind of run full force. force. But, um, so background for me is when I first started blogging, I can confidently say that I was an email scrooge. So (laughs) I literally would just put the email subscribe box and said like subscribe to my newsletter and people were like Kim you should consider giving something away for emails and I'm like no they either like me or they don't like me and if they're going to subscribe to my newsletter they'll subscribe to my newsletter you know not realizing that newsletters suck and that most of the time nobody actually wants your newsletter unless they're like your 85 year old grandma <laughs> who's That's hoping awesome. that you're gonna have pictures of your kids in your email? And then she's like, "What is this?" So, <laughs> what do you feel like are like some of the biggest misconceptions that you run into with with email marketing? Because for me, like if I could go on a time machine and go back and fix that, I totally would. You know, like I would go back and tell myself, "Kim, wake up! Like you need to give people value." <laughs>
1: Right. Oh, there are so many. <laughs> she said nonchalantly, <laughs> so many. So, to talk about what you had said about not having a freebie or wanting to be like, oh, well, if they like me enough, they'll join the newsletter. Here's the thing like, people will like you to a certain point. Again, your friends, your family, hopefully everyone likes you. But when someone is coming to a blog, it's usually to learn something or to make their lives better, whether it is crafting, ukulele playing, or cutting down on their Facebook ads costs. So just saying, especially if you have a more generalized lifestyle blog, but there's nothing wrong with it, some people, unless you're like a huge brand, like say like a Rachel Hollis type level, you can't get away with just being like, oh, just find out what I'm doing next because she went and she built her fame on other things. So people will do it. Most of us don't have that level of exposure where people will care. So that's why you have to give them something. That is going to actually entice them to want to hang out with you more. And one of the biggest mistakes, specifically in the blogging world, is that you'll have somebody be like, "Oh my goodness, I had this post go viral. Like, should I like, you know, put like a freebie on there or do all this other stuff?" And I am probably one of the only people when I stroll in, I'm like, "No." And they're like, "But you teach email marketing." No, because if you do not like the topic of the thing that Google decided was great or Pinterest decided was great, and now you let all these people that you don't necessarily like about a topic you could care less about onto your email list, along with everybody else who talks about stuff that you do like, you're never going to email them. Mm -hmm. It is a giant waste of your money. And ironically, we were talking about Scrooges. Do you have to treat being on your list like a privilege? If that thing goes viral and you're like, but I hate cricket. Then don't put it on there. Make sure that you have your affiliate links on there. Utilize it that way. If you have something that's sort of like cricket adjacent, then go ahead, put that freebie in there. See if it works. Maybe they are your people. Maybe they do really like sewing. But if it's about a topic you don't like, don't put it in there. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it
0: comes down to that scarcity well, mindset. There's always more people. People, right? And I think what happens as bloggers, which I don't, I don't really tell people like you shouldn't write about this or this, you know, because I think. I think sometimes, hmm. like, I have my platform, and sometimes I'm going to write about what I want to write about, whether it fits in my niche or whatever it yeah. is, you know, because I feel like it adds value to the internet. So I'm going to write this article. And, you know, a lot of what I did in the beginning was not, I didn't trade. Like, I would have printables on my website, but they were not in it, they weren't in an exchange for an email. Hmm. And, I feel like, you know, that's an important thing uh, that you brought up that I hope is a good nugget that people take away from this is, you know, your concept of, um, that it's a privilege to be on your list. Like you say that a lot and you're the first person I've ever heard, like be super adamant about the fact that like, it's a privilege to be on my email list. And, you know, I, I can remember like one of the biggest struggles that I had and I was getting ready to. Uh, to my book launch right like I had my book deal and whatever and there was this huge pressure for me to grow this massive email list that I wasn't even sure was going to be engaged enough to buy like you know what I mean like it's like Mm -hmm. yeah okay so I build this massive email list and they give me these huge goals and the way that I'm going to get them on here is like through all these Facebook ads and like and I just I just literally felt like I was just trying to hoard as many emails as possible for this concept of um, almost like a vanity metric of email subscribers. Does that make sense?
1: Mm -hmm. It 100% does. So what a lot of people end up teaching, we actually did talk about this in the free training that I had done yesterday. What a lot of people will teach you is that you need a large volume of subscribers so that a measly 1% of them will buy. But the number that you're actually looking for truly is to get that 1% to say like 5% Mm -hmm. or 3% or 4%. And the way that you creep that number up, I think like at one point, I think pretty much every people, like every person that was on my email list at one point had bought something. Mm -hmm. Like I would much rather have a list of buyers than just people that I have to pay for, yeah. whether you're using Flowdesk Kit or you've got to upgrade your MailChimp. Like I don't necessarily care what it is. Yeah, I want people that are generally interested in the things that I talk about, the mm-hmm. things that I can help with, the things that I can teach about, or that I want to be able to help them with. So I don't need to have a hundred thousand people on my email list to have this giant launch. It's like, I could do the same with a thousand Right. And that's why people are, and we always talk about how listees get illogical results. Like at some point, yes, math matters. If right. you want to make ten thousand dollars on Black Friday, and you only have a hundred people right. and a seven dollar offer, right. no, that math right. does not add up. Mm-hmm. But if you want to have a hundred people on your list and you're going to sell something that's say forty nine dollars or a little bit more expensive, could you get to a thousand bucks? Of course you could. It just depends. She who knows her people best are the ones that win.
0: Yeah. And and I think that um one thing that was a big gap in my own education early on was like I didn't understand the that people were like cold versus warm versus hot audiences mm-hmm. and and you know I would take launch courses but they like they didn't help me understand the reality of the numbers and I think that's really important what you said a moment ago when you were just talking about like you know, if you have, um, if you're trying to get that 1%. And so for you guys who are listening who this, may be a new concept to you, if you've ever done a launch and you felt extremely frustrated because you got no sales, <laughs> I always tell people like, you know, if you look at averages and we're doing some math, Kate, which I don't like math, but I have to do it sometimes as a business owner. Um, you know, nobody explained to me that if I have a list of a thousand people, and I launched this, let's say it's a $10 product. Well, there's kind of like that percentage of people that's kind of the average for the industry or whatever. And a lot of it depends on how warm your audience is to you and, um, to your product. And I mean, copy plays into that too, but Mm -hmm. like when I started doing the math, I'm like, well, okay, I've got a thousand people. And if, my normal open rate is like 20% to 25%. You know, mm-hmm. that means 250 people are going to open the email. And then, well, if only 250 people open the email and I've got a normal like 2% click through, like you start to see those numbers dwindle down. <laughs> you know, and what you are taught is like these massive lists making you're, you're like, no. No, it really just, it's all about the engagement of the list because I want more than 1% of people clicking through. I want my email to be so compelling that those 250 people that do open that 10% click through, like, you know what I mean? Just like. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: I I think that that is so true. And again, it's not a concept that for some strange reason, I don't know why in the blogging world, it never seemed to get over there about that. And you'll also hear, you know, people that will say like, Oh, like I, you know, had a list of a thousand people and had like, you know, I'm just going to make this up like, you know, 50% conversion rate, which is astronomical. But what they won't tell you is that that is a small portion of their email list. That is like, it could be, could be, I'm not saying that it is, but like, it could be people who signed up for a wait list or who signed Mm -hmm. up for a webinar. So it's like, okay, your list is 10,000, but you're only really launching to a of course, your numbers are going to seem huge because it's with what we call hot audiences. Yeah. So those are people who have purchased from you before. These are people that could potentially be in your Facebook group if you have one because that's the way you want to run things. There could be some email subscribers. Some email subscribers are more warm-ish because sometimes they'll you know, sign up, maybe look at your freebie, maybe open a couple emails, maybe not. But like, there's different degrees and there's different things that people care about. And our big philosophy is to treat people like people, which is why like in Love Your List, when anyone gives me anything to critique, I'm like, who's seeing this and when are they seeing it? Because it matters. Like the sales page that you have, say you've got a $10 printable and you want to do Facebook ads towards it. That's fine. We need to make sure that somebody that has never heard of you ever is going to be so compelled to buy those printables that it works. So you're going to need more stuff on the page where Mm -hmm. if you just were like, okay, I'm going to sell this $10 thing. It's going to be more like an internal thing. I'll send it to my email list. You don't need it as much because they know you more. They right. trust you more. They like you more. Mm-hmm. Such a good
0: conversation. Thank you, Kate, so much. Yeah. Hope people are getting uh, lots of good nuggets from this yeah. information. All right. So what made you decide to build the love your list email marketing <laughs> course? <laughs>
1: She is ginormous. <laughs> Definitely is. one of those. I want to say in twenty twenty and twenty one, we'll try to create a way because it, um, it can, because because learning how to express yourself and your ideas is such a core concept to absolutely everything that you did. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to take all the credit, but I do feel like I have a very approachable personality Mm -hmm. and I don't make you feel like a moron because you're not like, why am I going to be mad that you're trying? Like, that's why when people ask questions, I'm like, why would you apologize? That means to me, you're actually an action taker because you're thinking about this, which is the first step. So when I sat down to do love your list, I was like, what is everything that I hate? about and this was a couple of years ago about like every other email course on the market and for most of them they focused so heavily on list building and then like maybe you would get a bonus that like has to do with like a welcome series or a bonus having to do with, like landing pages or like copywriting our sales funnels and i'm like well yes having people to talk to is important it's backwards because like, if I can teach you how to talk to a group of a hundred people, a group of a thousand people, now, when you add in all those other strategies that you could be learning for myself or from other teachers, I don't want to call it a machine. Cause I hate treating people like machines, but like now you've got a machine that's actually going to help. <laughs> like you've built yeah. something for them. So I sat down and I'm like, okay, where could anything go wrong with email marketing? <laughs> so the course ended up so huge because it's like. Okay, like yes like you need people so we have bonuses to take care of that Well, you also need a product that is good because I teach people how to make money with an email list mm-hmm. so it's like okay not only do we need to then talk about how to create a product that people want in the first place, how to package it right because those are two completely different things mm-hmm. how to write the sales page for it like, there's so many things, and it's like, okay, like you've got like a freebie, and then there's again some people need welcome series, and then there's the newsletters, and then you know, again, it all came down to how do I help people actually be able to communicate in an effective way. Yeah. And so, most everyone's favorite, although I have to say the mindset, which is module one, is quickly, quickly paralleling it is the copywriting module that mm-hmm. we have in Love Your List because for most other programs, it's last. And people don't talk about it that much, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is what I do. Like Mm -hmm. this is what I did for a living. I don't take operating clients anymore. It's too astronomically priced guys. So don't, don't ask, but like, this is, this is it. So I think that once you can, I always tell people, not only do we teach you how to fish, but we give you the fish, I give you the fishing pole. And then I shove you down at the lake myself. Mm -hmm. Like we're trying to give it to you everywhere because effective email marketing. And this isn't to freak anyone out because it's the internet. So everything can change and you can build upon stuff, but you do, you've got your, we call it conversion style content. So the blog post that you're putting out, your freebie, the landing page, the opt-in page, the thank you page, which is the most important page ever in email marketing. So underutilized. I don't get why people don't do it. Then like that first email, then a welcome series or a funnel, if that's what you're doing, then like a little bridge of transition. And then like you know, either you're going to do weekly newsletters or you're going to put them into more automations. And it's just yeah. like everything I, I, I <laughs> really that's feel why it like, ended up being so huge. <laughs>
0: yeah. So when you get in there, like I was cracking up the other day because I was it's talking China to some was. mastermind members who were in the class and they're like, when Jake <laughs> talks about blah, blah, blah. So I pull out my notebook, which is like, cause I printed so many <laughs> of the things and it's like a four inch binder. And it's like, but, but here's the thing here's the thing. Like I said, in 2021, I think that we might make something that's
1: a little bit more like, you know, a little more beginner friendly. And now like I'm throwing the whole kitchen sink at you. And then like a little more for people that are ready to scale. I mean, something like that. But right now, look, we do everything. This is like an entire business. Yeah.
0: I mean, email. I mean, email marketing theory, I feel like is a great like intro to everything, right? Like it's got like, I mean it doesn't have all the things but it's got i feel like it's got enough things to sort of be like oh this is this just made this way easier right yeah right (laughs) because you have like a welcome series in there
1: yeah there's a welcome series we have some newsletters in there um we have you know if you haven't emailed your list in a while Mm -hmm. there's some in
0: the resurrection Um, one
1: yeah the Mm -hmm. resurrection series we've got that one And you know, some people will ask, "Well, what's the difference between love your list and email marketing fairy?" And I'm like, I don't want to say it's apples and oranges, but pretty much, I'm like, I don't talk about how to write a sales page. No, 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 marketing fairy. It's not. I don't talk about how to write a landing page. I don't talk about leads. Like, there's so many things. That's
0: why I think think it's like it's like email marketing fairy is like a little taste sampler. Like, if you just want to get your feet wet with Kate Doster, you just want to just a little bit.
1: Right. And then we have Trello magic, which is the most out there course it has nothing to do with anything. And I would never tell anyone <laughs> to do something so different, but this is one of those things where I'm just like, Hey guys, like if you guys are watching the video, you can see this unkemptness that is my desk. It's a constant state. I'm like, Hey, I figured out how to contain my brain using Trello. Anyone else care? And then I just sold like gangbusters. So
0: it's so random. <laughs> it's so there. I love Trello.
1: Ecosystem.
0: I like Trello. I like Trello. But as far as, uh, Love your list goes. Like, I'm telling you, I was very, like, I'm just so, I think I've just been burned so many times that when I got in there, I was like, I don't know. So I'm going through and I was just like, okay, okay, okay. And now, because it saves me hours of my life, like, I'm in there practically every day. I'm just like, give me the template. Let me just do this. Let me just do this. Let me just put my copy on here. I'm gonna put this out here. I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna do my worksheet. <laughs> because <laughs> right? it, it's helpful for how I think. Like, it just, I just love, I love everything about it. I love that you have it created in a logical way. I feel like you, you know, if you're a paper and pen person, Kate's got you covered because, like I said, you can print out a binder of things that will guide you. And it's not just like, you know, like, here's a video, go do this. It's like, you have that whole process of, you need to take this concept and apply your brand to it. Like think through your customer customer or your muses, think through all these things. And I have just never found a course that teaches copywriting in the way that you teach it with the tools that makes it feel like it's practically done for you. So that's why I love it because I don't have to like trip my way through it. You know, you say, this is, this is a great welcome series, you know, and here's, here's the copy that you use on these kinds of pages. And here's a full, like, I didn't realize until I've been through your course that I've never actually written like a full sales page before, you know, cause I'll use like whatever the built-in templates are for, um lead pages or thrive. Like I would just use those, but those are just kind of like, to be honest, we kind of slapped together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. And most of them are really e-commerce based there mm-hmm. again. And this has, and I know, especially like, if you've ever talked about SEO, like user intent is really big. And that's the same thing too with sales pages, a user intent. Like if I'm going to your planner website to buy a planner, then like, yeah, just having like the price and the name of it is there. Again, very Amazon style. Mm -hmm. But if you are trying to sell an ebook, a course, a recipe guide, something like that, you need to give the consumers more stuff. You need to explain. Like you said, you are very like, concern you're like you know i've taken other things like this before i don't really know so it's like it's my job and it doesn't have to be a huge long one we've got short ones in love long ones where in a couple of paragraphs you need to address all those things that people are thinking right and that's why our copy is and by ours, I mean listy. It's not Kate, mm-hmm. listy. That's what we call ourselves. It's so effective. We have somebody that showed up yesterday to a training that I was doing live and she went from a 1% opt-in rate to like 15, which for her was huge. Yeah, She's like, and this is, she's like, I'm not even like halfway done. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the course that'll keep on giving because mm-hmm. you can just come back to it yeah. when you're ready. That's what I tell people, like you get, you know, lifetime access. If we, you know, do decide to have like different tiers or like different versions, like you're always going to have access to that right. version that you have. So you're always going to be able to come back to it.
0: Yeah. And that's the nice thing is like copywriting is copywriting and it doesn't really, ch- you know what I mean? Like, it's not like Pinterest in like two weeks is going to change. Like when you buy a Pinterest course, you're like, Oh God, how many times is this going to change in the next nine months? You know, like copywriting is copywriting, email marketing is email marketing. And I think you've done just a really great job of being able to teach people how to approach different kinds of emails, different kinds of sales pages and understanding the purpose behind those pages and all in a very Kate Doster way.
1: (laughs) Right. And like I said, we, we really try. And you know, we have people that come in one of my favorite success stories. So what my favorite success stories you're going to find are so varied. One was somebody made her first sale. It was like the height of COVID. It was like 24 bucks for like a health and fitness And she like was just flabbergasted. It was the first time she'd made her own money and she was just so excited because it wasn't an affiliate thing. It was just Mm -hmm. hers. She didn't even really try, as she said. like, well, you wrote the sales page and you got somebody to it. And then we have somebody else that it was a, I always said that was 25. I looked at the numbers yesterday. It was a $27,000 launch for a course on growing plants. And it was succulents. So, you know, they're ritzy plants. They're popular. But still, right? Like- this is because that a lot of other courses that I have found, they are more geared towards like, okay, if you're going to sell somebody like in the B2B space, so like a blogger to blogger oh, yeah. or uh, Facebook ads to this, like those audiences, because we're in the industry, we get it. And they're a lot more tolerable, but because Love Your List is based off of treat people like people, mm-hmm. it's not super aggressive. It's about right. making your person this star. Right. And it's like, oh Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've got this thing and it's 10 bucks and it's
0: gonna help so much. And they're like, hey,
1: where's yeah, $10. Now like my yeah. $10 thing is awesome, you idiot face buy it now.
0: Right. And that's what I find so awesome and so compelling because you I think you call them like bro Brohim. Brohe, Billy Brohim. Billy Brohim. As soon as I <laughs> saw that thing go up on that video in your class, I like I laughed out loud. My husband was like, What are you laughing at? I was like, it's bro.
1: She's like, I don't get it. I was
0: like, you you don't get it, but I get it because I call those people marketers who market about marketing right? or marketers who market to marketers about marketing.
1: Right. And again, that bloggers (laughs) to blog about blogging to blog to bloggers and like the coaches that coach coaches about coaching about coaching (laughs) and like, there's nothing wrong with that industry. No, there's there's nothing wrong if you are in there as long as you are not an echo chamber. Yeah. And I think that's what some people will be like, oh, like, but I don't want to be roped in with those people. You won't be if you're not an echo chamber. Right. If you're not just taking what Kim says and, you know, she calls it the blue strategy and you call it the red strategy and it's the same thing, like, then there's not going to be a problem. Go get your own results and then you can start talking about it. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's just really interesting. Like, um, even with your stuff, like I look at it and I say, she's really teaching any person out there who's selling anything that can bring their audience value in some way how to sell it. Whereas what I run into more often than not is people whose all experience is built on selling to business to business or marketers to market to marketers. And so you get in these things and you're like, why is this not working? And I'm like, you can't sell an 85 year old woman, a $79 a month crochet membership. I mean, maybe you can with Kate Doster, but <laughs> you could, you
1: could make it darn near compelling. You are probably going to have to send her some yard in the mail. Though. Mm-hmm.
0: But my point is like, you know, there's all these people who get into these things and they're like, well, I'm charging what I'm worth and I can't figure out why I'm not selling anything. And I'm just like, because your muse is not, you know, she's paying 7.99 for her Disney plus subscription every month. And you're asking her to throw down, you know, $700 on your, you know mommy at home course when you know like that's a big ask for people and there's a process that you're gonna to have to go through and like what, what do you think about stuff like that if you don't want me asking like when it comes to pricing and things like that
1: I think that is one of those I don't want to call it a heated debate but again I don't believe in logical to a point like you said if you are market, marketing to people and you want to help say a lot of people who like you said complain about spending their $8 on Disney Plus, then an $80 crochet membership probably isn't there for the mass majority of people. You've got to find like the super crocheters who are like in it to win it. Um, not necessarily if they want to start a business, but like they're hardcore. So your pool is going to be a lot smaller and you know that going into it. The other thing, and it was so funny when you brought up my website, my website's like one of the ugliest things ever. And like the traffic, I think is, honestly, I went and checked my SEO. It's all sales pages and thank you pages. <laughs> Those are all my top posts. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's the way I set my business, so it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, especially if you are in the printable niche, because I do know that this is where some people struggle. Mm-hmm. If your printables are not attractive looking, it is going to be very hard to sell them. I can create you the best words in the world and we can talk about why things are different. And that's true. But again, why are most people buying printables? Yeah, they want to get stuff done, but they still need to have that aesthetic. So Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that yours work. Because if I'm looking at like, let's just be honest, people is people. If I'm looking at a janky set of printables and you're trying to charge me $17 for it, but I can go get these stunning ones over here and they're $9. Of course I'm going to go take the ones that are $9 because they're prettier. Mm -hmm. So you need to know what parts of your products like really, really matter with love your list because I know I talk fast, even though we have transcripts and we have summaries and stuff underneath that. I made all of my handouts, but ugly because I needed them to be printer friendly because Mm -hmm. it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. because that's not what I'm helping people with. I need to get them to do stuff, not right. being like, oh, "Do I have to waste printer ink?" <laughs> yeah. So you need to know that when it comes to printing and charging what you're worth. I think it's dangerous because like you're a person. You're worth like a million dollars. And I'm not saying that someone won't pay a million dollars for you, but it like you can't. Like my self-worth and this has taken me a while and this is why I think I teach so much about money mindset in the course too. is not tied to my business. So when people tell you charge what you're worth, they're making you that set of $5 printables. And if those $5 printables don't sell, you're a piece of trash. And that's just not true. Because then again, when you focus it around a mission, like I want to help moms not cry in the closet at the end of the night. And if those printables don't hit, you've got a lot of traffic to them. you worked on your copy. You made sure that they were pretty. You're not devastated. You can be a little sad. You can have a human experience, but you're like, I'm still gonna help Sandy get out of that closet and not drug mm-hmm. wine. And you're gonna go on to the next thing to help her. Yeah. Like, again, if email didn't work, like there's a million other things that I could do to help put money in the hands of good people so they could do good with it. So yeah. you really need to separate yourself from it. And you also need to be confident when you say the price out loud. Yeah. So that's something that I don't know if I've ever heard people talk about, but if you can't be like, yeah, I love your list, yada, yada, yada. And like your tone goes down, your shoulders start shrugging, or like this. Like if you don't believe in your price, nobody else will. This is yeah. why there are some prices that are like four thousand dollars, and they sell. Yeah. Okay, they're usually selling to people who are slightly higher earners, but they are confident when they say, right. it is a four thousand dollar course. You're like, yes, take my money, right? But if you cannot be confident in saying that there's seven dollars for this principle, nobody else is going to be confident giving you the seven dollars for.
0: Well, on that, Kate Doster. Perfect note. <laughs> we will wrap this up.
1: Alrighty. So if you're listening to this when we are recording here in October, we currently actually have the doors open to Love Your List, and actually on Tuesday night, which is tonight, if you guys are watching it on the 20th, I am doing a live presentation called The Cookie Effect, where you're gonna actually learn how to send emails so good people are going to want to lick the screen after that. So I'll make sure that Kim goes ahead and drops the link to that. This is the last time in 2020 that we are publicly opening the course. I strongly suggest people go to the webinar, even if they're not typical webinar people, because you need to see if you vibe with my teaching style. So that's why I always just tell everyone, go as a sampler, see if you like it. Most likely you'll want to be a listy because we're pretty awesome people. Mm -hmm. If this is after, because the course is closing for public enrollment on Saturday, the 24th then what you can do is you can head on over to my website. Kim can drop her link as well to get my two years worth of email ideas. So if you're struggling with that piece of like, oh, but like, what do I send everybody? We have two years that are mapped out with little prompts. They work for pretty much every industry. That'll just give you a little idea, a little bit of inspiration. So that way you can start talking to your people and get these amazing results. And of course, go listen to the Inbox Besties podcast. If you're listening to this on Kim's Wonderful Podcast, then it's wherever you're listening. We are there. Spotify, the Googles, iTunes, Inbox Besties with Kate Doster.
0: Thank you so much, Kate. You're awesome. I really appreciate you taking time out of your super busy schedule this week. (laughs) I (laughs) am super excited. And uh, thanks again. Talk to you soon. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Just Keep Blogging podcast with this interview with Kate Doster. I hope you will go check out her podcast as well as I'll be putting links in the description of this podcast episode that guide you to a lot of the things that we talked about today. And I know that her... Um, love your list course is going to be open for a short period of time and so if you're interested in that i would jump on it while it's open because it is like an open close situation as well as uh if you're not quite ready for that make sure that you grab the two years worth of email topics um, from the link below because for some of you guys who stay on the struggle bus about email marketing and like what do you need to send to your list That can give you lots of great new ideas to get that ball rolling again and get you warming up your list once more. And whatever you do this week, just keep blogging.